Welcome to this episode of the 9420 Podcast, where we talk about the music that we love and the business that we tolerate. Wheels go round and round, it seems like we Never stop to rest Saturday was beautiful All dressed in a Sunday best People came from miles away Just to say goodbye Little Sarah was so afraid She hid behind a smile What are we gonna do Was never said out loud We drove down to the liquor store For a mask and a trampoline I'd been there a thousand times before But it did not seem the same And the house was full of people All day then they were gone All the rooms seemed smaller than They did when I was young What are we gonna do now was never said out loud We'll get up in the Respects me when I'm working hard, but he loves me when I sing. I dreamt about him for six nights in a row. Little pictures of him smiling down On our lives in a flash of gold And he looked so young and strong So tan brown in the sun Red and black checkered flannel shirt But his watch and his ring were gone gonna do was never said out loud 
respects me when I'm working hard, but he loves me when I sing. Wheels go round and round. It seems like we never stop to rest. Saturday was beautiful. All dressed in our Sunday best. That was Sunday Best by Jeff Black. Welcome to another episode of the 9420 Podcast. I'm Nicole Hoagland, and as always, we have Greg Riggle and Carl Alaco joining us. Hi, Nicole. Hey, Nicole. Hi. How are you guys today? Good. I'm doing really well. So what do you guys want to talk about? Well, first, you know, um, uh, blah, blah, blah. I think, Greg, tell us a bit about Jeff Black first. Well, you know, I mean, uh, I, I could do... 10 podcasts on Jeff Black. I mean, I think um, I think the intimacy of his work, you just heard Sunday Best. I think the intimacy of his work is uh, something really special. For me, I absolutely adore the, the, the worlds he creates with his songs. And um, I love kind of being a voyeur and uh, listening to the tracks, listening to the songs. And I like... Um, Seeing the world through his eyes, I think he's a really talented guy. Yeah, but it's funny you had brought that up. We were talking about this the other day about inspiration and when an artist creates a certain kind of, like you said, paints a picture. But now there's the picture he paints in his head, and then you, as the listener, there's the picture that you see, and they're not necessarily the same. Don't you agree? Or yeah, I mean, I think uh, you know Sunday Best, for example. I mean, so we're basically you know taken to a funeral, and we're hearing and. I think very visually seeing all the fi- family dynamic, you know, the sense of place. There's a foreboding that he talks about in the song where he's essentially the hook is very unconventional. But what are we going to do now was never said out loud. I just think it he just draws you into that world and you get to see that world through his eyes. And I don't know about you guys, but I've, I'm continually inspired by things that I hear Music is a huge part of my life, and I think part of it is that I like to think I'm hyper aware of my surroundings, and I've been that way since I was a kid, so I see detail. Uh, I don't necessarily write it down or don't say anything about it, but I have these conversations inside my head, Uh, and then when I hear a song like Sunday Best, I, I see Jeff doing the same thing. And I, it just, it fascinates me. I get to, I get to live a bunch of lives if I listen to people that write in this way. It's unconventional, but. What I love about, about art or, or music or songs or good lyrics is I find that really good writers kind of explore very ordinary things and make them seem extraordinary, you know, extraordinary. Like to me, the way he talks about, you know, by Sunday best, that's a very ordinary basic thing you do. Like, oh, I'm going to put on my good clothes today. Like, It's like he puts it in a very kind of, he uses a very simple little ordinary phrase to, to talk about something that's kind of huge, you know, the death of your father. Let's yeah, say. But, yeah. I mean, you know, the the whole grief process and, and how everybody processes it differently. I mean, there's a ton going on in that song. And I also, I, I just like the way he approaches making records, uh, the way he approaches recording, 
you know, the reason I wanted to do the podcast is so I could quite possibly put some music out there for people to hear that they might not have heard otherwise. So um, I'm thrilled to have him on the podcast. This Well, again, you asked the question, yep. inspiration. Yeah. It's something that, that intrigues you. And you said something too that I, I didn't understand. You said inspiration for the artist and then inspiration for the listener. Yeah. I mean, wow. where, 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 where is inspiration for a listener? I think about this all the time. Or are they different? You know, I mean, when I, see, I don't get it, what inspiration does the listener have? I think Greg really meant it's, it's more like how the listeners are interpreting the song that the artist is putting out there and how everyone like really good writers and really good artists can make someone think about the song that they just put out and the lyrics in there in a totally different way than the artist actually meant them to think about it or how it relates to them. Um, you, you could correct me if I'm wrong on that, but that's how I took it. Precisely. I mean, if some artists, their process is about, you know, saying the thing exactly right so that everybody feels the exact same thing when they hear it. Um, you know, I, don't, or, I, don't, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't either. Because I think they they do different things, like depending on what you're, where you're hearing it from, how you're hearing it, how it you applies to you. You don't it. think Louie, Louie, uh, everybody experiences the exact same thing when they hear the song? Maybe some do to some degree, but no, I, I don't think so. I think it depends on how old you are, where you are, what you know, what your- What your life experiences are yeah. and like what you've been exposed to. When I say inspiration, what I'm saying is this music, Jeff's and p other people that do this kind of writing, which is- extremely intimate and introspective. I'm inspired by it because I get to see, to live multiple lives through these people's eyes and their experiences. And we're fortunate enough to have them share it. Therefore, that, that whole process inspires me. Now, it's interesting to me that sometimes writers will write, they'll create and they draw inspiration in order to write and to create from completely different places. I mean, some people just try to translate their dream. Some people try to translate the vision or, or the, um, the stuff they're seeing in their head. And then, you know, they try to put it down on paper and then edit it. Other people just blurt it out, stream of consciousness. And, and that's what, that's the kind of what I, I, I like stream of consciousness. Cause I, I don't, as a writer myself, how I write, I don't think of, wow, look at that topic. I'm going to write about this. You know, I, I don't do that. Or look at this cause. I think I'm going to write about that. I'll be sitting down with the guitar, just strumming on something, and something comes out. And I just, and sometimes I don't even know what I'm talking about. I just write it down, and it is a stream of consciousness. It is kind of a flow. And then at the end, like, oh, this is, and then maybe I kind of, along the way, I pick up something, you know, and uh, think what this is about. And then maybe I find things to say and I add to it. But, I don't know where I'm going at the time. Just like when you write a story in a book, you know, when you're, when you write a story, do you know how you're going to end? I don't. Some people I, do. I, I think it's all about the different processes people go through. Um, and I think you both have brought up um, something that we should probably dive a little bit deeper into, but I think we should allow people to hear a little bit more about Jeff Black. Greg, what song do you want us to play next? To be with you. Yeah, I think that's a. I think that's a good one. Yeah, it's a. That's an interesting part of his catalog because I think it's it's kind of more direct and it's um it's a really cool take on a straight up love song. Love song. Yeah. All right, everyone. Well, here's to be with you by Jeff Black. We'll catch you on the other side of the song.
joy is mine Anytime I choose Last couple of years though I've had my share of tears And found a lot to lose But the blues can't last Too long time moves too fast Past behind Here in my reverie Sweet memories Of what I find Down in my easy chair Got you there Pilot me straight through Show me what it means Through these crazy dreams To be with you You Show me what it means Through these crazy dreams To be with you Take a look in here have no fear and I'm flying high above these gridlock streets where the horizon meets this timeless love that I've forever known but only as of late I've sown what they say is true We all have a destiny And the one for me is to be with you Down in my easy chair I've got you there To pilot me straight through Show me what it means Do these crazy dreams to be with you
right, and welcome back. That was To Be With You by Jeff Black. Um, and Carl, before I interrupted you and we listened to this song, you were kind of getting into the the writing process because we were talking about inspiration beforehand and um, we were talking about the difference between kind of the creator's inspiration and the listener's and it kind of morphed into this whole, well, it's all really about the different process and what that technically alternative process potentially could be what you called stream of consciousness. Can you kind of talk more about that? I, I don't know Jeff that well, but I, I would think Jeff's process is somewhat similar to mine. You know, that he just he feels it and then it comes out of him and then he puts it together and compiles it like a flow. That's why personally, I didn't really do well in Nashville the years I was there at co-writing because I really couldn't go into a room and pick a topic and just, you know, churn out a song. You know, that's not where I work. I'm kind of, I know they had that saying I said before in Nashville, they like, what do they call it, Greg? You know, check your muse at the door. Yeah, that you know? kind of thing. Yeah. But not, not me. I, I need to be inspired how I write. Start with the first line. And the first line to me is important, the opening line. You know, it's like a – and then I go to the second line. And if I can't do the second line, I don't go any further. And then I go to the third line. It takes me forever because I write in this little kind of very narrow kind of way. It's like this puzzle I have to put together. It's almost – what is it, OCD the way I write? I hear, I hear that, and I, I I get it. I totally get it. I mean, I think, you know, you said that you don't know Jeff very well. I know Jeff very well, and I know for a fact that he feels the same way about that first line. I mean, I think he feels like the first line has to be perfect, and it has to – Invite it, you it's, in. It's effectively going to set the stage for what he's going to say. It's like a novel, the first yeah. line of a novel. I used to do that when I used to go looking for books. You open the page, read the first line. If it doesn't turn you on – Yep. Close the book, you yep. know, so. So that's part of it as well. I think that, the, you know, there are all different kinds of processes. And, you know, I mean, I think that, um, you know, one of the things that we wanted to celebrate on the podcast is the idea that, you know, we kind of work in a very traditional, staid, creating commercial music kind of space. But yet, you know, I'm, I live my life in celebration of the music and I listen to everything and I listen to the stream of consciousness type writing and I listen to, you know, bebop jazz and I listen to classical and I listen to, you know, bubblegum. Uh, you know, I mean, I love pop music, exactly. man. I think it's so, great. So, yeah, I want no one to think that we're snobs, that we only think it has to be deep and profound and to be art. I think, you know, I, I loved, you know, the raspberries, you know, sure, I, I absolutely. Lo and I love those bands, you know, like I get it. So, when you're talking about the listening and listening experience, I mean, the, the reality of it is that you can boil it all down to brain science, basically. I I mean, our brains like hearing music. Our brains are basically designed to put things in order. Well, well, again, now you want to get into some other stuff. I was talking to an artist just this week about, there's a, there's a philosopher, Schopenhauer, and he wrote this book called The Blue Book. And basically what he does, he talks about music you know, on, on the brain, you know, what, what it does. Cause music is just actually frequencies. Like that's why. Yeah. You take frequencies and you make patterns and our brains love seeing that stuff. Yeah. It all, it all boils down to brain science, but then Pretty much. again, there's, a, there's another aspect of this in the process that, that intrigues me. And that is the, the kind of the. How good you look in pictures. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I'm thinking along the lines of, telling people, uh, storytelling, telling people's stories. You know what I mean? Right. I think our lives are about our experiences, our observations, you know, that, that, that inner self conversation that we have on a daily basis. That's what our lives are about. But if you, if you become attached to, or pay attention to music, you can live a bunch of different lives inside that music. And 
I think ultimately it makes my life much richer. You know, I'm, uh, I'm more rich, I think is and also a it, way to say it. It makes us feel less alone. Ah, man, that's, that's a great point. That's why I think Taylor Swift hit so big when she did. When she first hit, she was like this 17-year-old young girl writing these little things about being a little awkward and not having a boyfriend and all these. I think she just related to so many girls out there that go, wow, that's me. And that, that's what they responded to because she was talking about their life almost. She was being their, their like voice. But again, this brings us back to the fact that she took something that was universal and was able to have every single 15-year-old girl relate to it in the way that they could see it in their own lives as opposed to just saying how it made them feel, if that makes sense. So it kind of goes back to being able to take a universal concept and allow everyone to see how it affects their own personal lives instead of it, how it affects the artist. But I don't yes. think that's intentional at all. See, I, I think, think I it's think, a, I think it I, is. No, I, I think... I think people just write what they write and they just touch a nerve. I, I don't think they're constantly saying, I'm going to write a song that's going to be universal. And maybe they some do, but I think for the most of us who are just writing stuff, we just write about what we're going through. And, and then you realize we're not that different. We're just all the same people on this planet just trying to get through. So we all experience a lot of the same stuff. And that's kind of what it is. And when you touch that nerve, it's timing. That's when people respond. I'll tell you what makes it enjoyable for me. I think that um, I always talk about the intensely personal married with the universal because I think it's a key to whether a song is compelling and whether or not it gets traction. But what what's fascinating to me is that there are millions and millions of stories out there that never get told. And so when you have a writer that has the ability to take his vision of the world, his or her perspective on things, and then write it down and translate it into music, you get to experience those things and you get to you get to hear stories about people that you might not otherwise ever hear. I mean, uh, but you know, it's another thing I think we're missing too. And this is like, cause I don't know about you, but not every song that I love, do I even know what the words are? Sometimes I just like how it sounds, the melody. I like the, the, the vibe. Well, I think the that's, the vibe whole, that's that whole brain science thing. I mean, the vibe I think of the we, record, you know, yeah. like there are so many songs that I don't even know what they're talking about. I just, I just dig the record. Oh, I've, I've had a thing for soundtracks for years and years. And that that's, that's really key in being inspired by music that you hear. I mean, um, I mean, hit records like my favorite record of all. I'll date myself here, but my favorite recording of all time, believe it or not, because it touches a, a time in my life that was that was special, is Mott the Hoople's "All the Young Dudes." I love that record. Yeah, Bowie wrote it. I couldn't. I couldn't even tell you half the words. I've been chapter. I don't know what he's saying. Who cares? I just love how it sounds. Oh, and then the chorus sing song. I didn't know what he talk. Boogaloo dudes. What does that even mean? I didn't Who know. Knows? I didn't know that about you. That that was your favorite song. I, I all boogaloo dudes. What that's is very, it? This is very cool. Very. But very, I just very love cool. it, you know. And like so, and there and there are a lot of records like that. I just love the record. I don't, and so it's not all about stories either. Sometimes it's just the vibe that's cool. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's true. I, I just think that the storytelling of of people that you know, you, I may not meet somebody that a writer writes about, but yet I can completely relate to what experience they saw or what or a connection that they made with that person. 
And my life is richer for having heard about it. You know what I often thought? I often thought, I always wish I could be as cool as the guy who wrote my songs. You know, that, that's one thing I, I, I always say. That's interesting. We could do a whole podcast. I know. That's like a whole deep thing right there. Well, because that guy is so much cooler than me. The guy who plays on stage for those 45 minutes and the guy who writes these things down, he's so much cooler than me. Uh, I, I, I can't imagine. You don't typically get much introspection out of a narcissist, you know, so... Maybe that's why uh, a lot of uh, people that focus on their artistry versus being writers, they need songs to record. Who knows? Possibly. Possibly. Anyway, you want to do, do another tune? Yeah. Yeah, I think we should do Carnival Song. All yeah. right. Carnival Song's uh, a great one. Want to talk about it a little bit? or No, let's, let's let folks listen and we'll come back. Cool. I've been quiet the traveler ever since I hit the road And the Solon County Carnival has been my earning gold And I've been quiet alone since I remember when I turned my ultimatums into chips and cash to men Used to run the Ferris wheel But that'd be hard to prove I can't stand to see a rolling wheel Propped up so it can't move I used to run the carousel But hell, that's just round and round And I never liked them ponies Painted up and bolted down The only thing that's keeping me from staying here is leaving The only thing that saves me from it all is I'll be gone And just when I could trust in all the things that I believe in I had to pack it up and move along And I'll tell you boys, my work is never done I sold my chances at the ring toss But that was just a jaunt can't see throwing rings around things you don't really want I'd run that roller coaster Oh, but that just breaks my heart So much hard traveling Just to wind up where you start Now I work the gateway And man, I'm pretty satisfied Little booth is red and blue And I just sit inside And I just take your money And I give tickets out and trade I 
think about my life and all the promises I made. The only thing that's keeping me from staying here is leaving. The only thing that saves me from it all is I've begun. And just when I could trust in all. The things that I believe in, I had to pack it up and move along. And I tell you, boys, my work is never done. So, like a sweet and salty gypsy kiss, I'm gone. Carnival Song by Jeff Black. Um, Greg, why don't you tell us a little, little bit about that song? It's one of my favorites, actually. It's one of the first things I heard when I met Jeff many years ago. Chock full of metaphor. And once again, it's 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 kind of a character sketch or a study of somebody that I probably wouldn't meet in my life, but Jeff met in his. And uh, it's his, his translation or his interpretation of where that person is headed or 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 where they've been. And um, I find the storytelling really, really effective. I love all the metaphor and uh, I think it's a great song. I mean, I, I really think that there's something to this idea that- My favorite line is the only thing that keeps me from staying here is leaving. Yeah, I mean, it's so relatable and you know all the, all the carnival I- imagery and I love at the end that's, what does he say, sweet and salty gypsy kiss at the end. I mean, it's so much so much cool imagery and um, all the metaphor associated with the carnival. I, it's just a really enjoyable, pleasurable song to hear. I think that there's something to this aspect of being able to hear stories about people and maybe even feel as if you met someone by virtue of hearing a song written about them or inspired by them. You mentioned earlier in the podcast something, Carl, about co-writing. And I was listening to the radio last night, and um, the guy that took over for Garrison Keillor, I think his name is Chris Thiel, maybe, or Teal. He said something fascinating. So we're talking about basically how inspired you can live an inspired life by being really obsessed with or listening to a lot of music. And he talked about writing, and he made the comment that, you know, music is magic. I agree. When when you see um, other people create in a co-writing circumstance, when you're co-writing with somebody, you actually get to experience that magic. He said, when you write by yourself, you are, in effect, you know the trick, right? You know how the trick's accomplished when you're working by yourself, so you have to find other ways in which to be inspired. So I thought that was a really cool way of expressing this this kind of dilemma that writers have that what am I going to write about? How do I inspire myself to do my best work? 
you know, um, not, not to not to disagree, but I disagree. I think <laughs> I, I do the magic myself because I'm the I'm sure I surprise myself. Yeah, I go, whoa, what's this? I go, so I think I'm in on the magic too. I I, I experience it my way myself. When I stumble and I and I hear like the the flow come through me, and all of a sudden this great line comes out and goes, where did this come from? What is that about? So I I don't agree with with Garrison. Well, no, it's 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 Chris, but uh, I, no, I just thought it was interesting because. The serendipity of it is that uh, I used to listen to a Prairie Home Companion religiously because I think Garrison Keillor is one of those writers that brings a voice to small town life. I think there are a lot of similarities, actually, between a lot of writers that are kind of giving voices to these kind of hidden people in small towns and Garrison Keillor. I mean, but I think we're kind of a little like talked out today, man. We were we, we had that webinar this afternoon. We have been on these microphones for hours all day. Oh, well, I was going to say, fun tip, Greg. Every time me and my husband take a road trip, um, we listen to Prairie Home Companion. And we listen. We listen to the old Garrison Keeler. It's just episodes. amazing, is it not? It, it, I mean, it's one of those things. We normally will road trip for about fifteen to sixteen hours because we have to go from here to New York to be with family, and we can listen to him the entire car ride, and it never get old, and it keeps our attention. And like going through Virginia, which is the worst state to drive through. And the um, characters in in Lake Wobegon. No, the worst. You know, it's the just, worst state is Pennsylvania, incredible. man. It's just incredible. <laughs> I mean, and he, he really, he just, he captivates you with the, with the way that he is able to tell certain things, even if you've never experienced them. Until next time. Yes. Well, um, to just give an update, like Greg said, we've been on the microphones all day, but we had our first official Van Twango Music Reimagined webinar, which is um, the first of one that we're doing of 12. So if you guys are interested, you guys can take a look. We'll have a link to that um, in the show notes. But we're really excited just to be able to give a free educational aspect on how to navigate this music business because it is ever-changing and it's complicated. Um, and to re- be able to give you guys a roadmap to be successful. And we are barely tolerating it. Barely tolerating it. Is that our catchphrase? Yes. Something like that. All right, guys. All right, everyone. Until next time, go to the number 94 and 20 spelled out, T-W-E-N-T-Y.com uh, to listen to this episode and more. And we'll talk to y'all later. Take care. Bye. Go listen to some good stuff, y'all.